If you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Leviticus 23. Leviticus 23 is uh, where we're headed as we uh, continue the series that we began last week. And as you are turning there, uh, how many of you recognize this symbol? What is it? Tell me. It's a rest, a quarter rest, right? Right? Um, it, it is a symbol that indicates a moment of silence in music, right? A pause. It's called a rest. Um, all right, how about this symbol? What is this one? A half rest. Yeah, right? It's a little bit longer than the quarter rest, right? A, a longer moment of silence than that first one. Now, a, a, another question. Have any of you heard of a piece of music called Four Minutes and 33 Seconds? We got a couple of people. A few people have heard of this. Um, this is a piece of music by the American composer John Cage. Um, here's a way of musically writing it out. As you can see, it's a piece that is made up entirely of rests, which altogether last four minutes and 33 seconds. Here's a clip of someone performing a piece of this music. And on it goes for four minutes and 33 seconds. If we watched the whole thing uh, at the end, he stands up, takes a bow, and everyone applauds, right? Well done. You've performed this piece of music. I mean, it's, it's, it's a remarkable uh, piece of music in many ways, but what's, what's really interesting is, is the kind of responses that it gets, um, especially when it was first performed, right? There's some people who sit there in the audience and after a while they kind of start laughing or chuckling, you know, oh, this must be comedy or something. Um, uh, there, there's some people who actually just become angry. Why did I come to a performance for this, right? It's nothing, right? Uh, and then there are others who, over the course of those four minutes and 33 seconds, begin to cry. Something begins to stir in them, in the midst of stillness and silence. See, quiet and rest is a very powerful thing if we really enter into it. 
So Leviticus 23, last week we began this series, looking through uh, Leviticus 23 of all places, right? The book of Leviticus is known for its lengthy technical d- instructions about sacrifices, uh, about all things that are clean and unclean, rules uh, about holy and unholy, on and on it goes. In many ways, we look at the book of Leviticus and we just think this is just a bunch of rules and regulations and commandments commandments. Um, And it does have a lot of those. But Leviticus 23 contains a series of commands that more or less can be summed up as, thou shalt feast. Thou shalt feast. In this chapter, there's a list and a description of all the feasts of Israel. Uh, and, and so we, we talked through the big picture of all of these last week. Multiple times a year, there are appointed festivals, which are to be sacred assemblies. And each one of these appointed times is like a song that God has, has written for the nation of Israel to sing, right? Here's this festival. Here's this festival. On and on it goes. But one of these songs— these gatherings, sacred assemblies, is one that sounds quite a bit like four minutes and 33 seconds. A musical piece made up entirely of rests, quite literally a feast of rest. It's the very first sacred assembly that is listed in Leviticus 23. It's not one of the annual feasts, but it occurs every week. It's called Sabbath. So let's read. Its brief description is just one verse. Leviticus 23, verse 3. There are six days when you may work, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work Wherever you live, it is a Sabbath to the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for the gift of rest. I pray that as we consider the words of your scripture together this morning, that you would sharpen our minds and soften our hearts that we might know you and love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Sabbath, right? Sabbath is the very first of the many sacred assemblies in Leviticus 23. And this is what we're, we're looking at today. So it, very simply, it is this. Every seventh day is to be a day of rest without work. Right? The word Sabbath, the Hebrew word here, actually means to stop, or more forcefully, to cease and desist. Stop. That's what Sabbath means. Uh, it means to rest. Or, and, and then there are some who have suggested that it's related to uh, a similar word meaning to sit down. Right? So Sabbath is this day. Stop. Rest. Take a seat. Here's what I want you to imagine as as we think about Sabbath, right? Uh, Imagine you are preparing dinner, 
all right? Uh, just think back to the last dinner that you prepared, right? You're, you're preparing food, you're, you're cooking, you're setting the table, you're pouring the drinks, you're gathering all of the people. It's a lot of work, right? There's a lot that goes into preparing dinner for people. But then once everyone is gathered, you sit down at the table and you eat. That's Sabbath. That's what Sabbath is. It's that moment when you finally sit down and it's time to eat. That's Sabbath. It's time to feast. Now, uh, we can sort of think about these ideas of Sabbath and rest and, and kind of take them for granted, but I want you to think about how crazy this is, all right? So uh, Leviticus 23 where the people of Israel are, right? They were in Egypt. That's the beginning of Exodus. God has delivered them out of Egypt, set them free from their slavery. They have packed up and headed out into the wilderness. They're no longer in the middle of a wealthy civilization with, you know, cupboards full of whatever they need for the day. They're in the wilderness. And so in the wilderness, if they want to eat— they have to go hunting. They have to go gathering, right? It really does take some work to eat. And here's what God says. On the seventh day, no hunting. No gathering. Stop. Rest. They must stop. Cease and desist. Doing all the things that they have to do in order to survive. Stop right? I mean, this command to rest really is an act of trust that God is providing for them, that God will provide for them, and he does. In Exodus 16, we're told about how God provides manna and quail for them, right? They don't, they don't have to go gathering grains and, and, and hunting things. Like, it shows up, and it says, you know, you gather the manna, get, get the quail and all of that. And on the sixth day, get enough for two days and prepare that. Because on the seventh day, you're just going to rest. You're just going to rest. And when they do this, trusting God, he provides for them. It's amazing. So where exactly does Sabbath come from? And, and what is its meaning? Right? Well, we get quite a few descriptions of Sabbath throughout Scripture. Uh, one of the places where it shows up is actually in the Ten Commandments. Sabbath-keeping is number four on that list. We, we see the Ten Commandments in, in a couple of different places. We see it first in Exodus chapter 20, and then uh, we see it again in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And, and each of these lists of the Ten Commandments brings out some different themes as it describes Sabbath. But together, between these two descriptions of Sabbath, we see that Sabbath rest is rooted in two core things, creation and redemption. Sabbath is about creation and redemption. So, so let's, let's kind of look at each one of these and what it means. First, Sabbath is rooted in creation. So here's the Sabbath command in Exodus chapter 20. 
Uh, It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So the description here is pretty much the same as we've already seen. Six days of work, and then on the seventh, you rest. But but here we get a little bit more. Why? Why do this? Well, because it's what God did in creation, right? We do this because it's what God did. The story of creation in Genesis chapter 1 tells the story of God creating everything. And he makes it all over the course of six days. He spoke and creation burst forth, right? On on day one, there was light and darkness. On day two, there's sky and sea. On day three, there's, there's land and, and then plants that emerge from it. On day four, there's the sun, moon, and the stars. On day five, there's the fish and, and the birds. And then on day six, there's animals and ultimately human beings made in God's image. And then Genesis 2, verse 2. On the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. So Sabbath is a way of acknowledging that God created everything. And it's also a way of living into God's image that we're created in by doing what God did. God rested, so we rest. God rested on the seventh day, so we should rest as well. But what exactly does this rest look like, right? How how do we rest? Well, again, we, we can look at God. What did it look like for God? After God finished creating the heavens and the earth, Genesis tells us that he looked back on everything that he had made, and he said, it's very good. It's very good. So part of Sabbath rest is about looking back on what has happened and reflecting on it. Sabbath is about reflecting on what has happened. Now, every day you're working on things, right? You guys are are some busy people. Uh, I know this because sometimes I try to get a hold of you, right? right? every, Every one of us is working on stuff every day. Now, maybe that looks like you're clocking into a job. Uh, Maybe it looks like taking care of your family. Uh, Maybe you're just doing whatever you need to do to survive, right? I don't know. But, But every day is full of all kinds of stuff. Now, how often, in the midst of all of that activity, do we pause and look back? How often do we pause to look back at what all has happened. So often, we just keep barreling ahead, right? 
We just keep going on to whatever's next, whatever we have to get done next, whatever is next on that to-do list, right? The calendar is full and it's calling to us. We rarely stop to pause and reflect. So what might that look like for you? Right? God looked back on all that he had made. He said, it's good. What does it look like for you to pause and look back? Right? Maybe over dinner, you take a moment to share what your day was like. What happened? What were the, the big moments throughout the day? Joys? Struggles? Take a moment to look back, right? Maybe uh, it, it looks like journaling, right? That may not be for everyone, but, but a few of you, that, that's a really good way to, to write down some thoughts. What, what happened? What's standing out to me? Let's jot some of that down. There are all different ways to do this. Pausing and reflecting on what God has done and what has happened in the the time before is part of being made in God's image. It's part of being human. Plants and animals don't pause and reflect on life, right? That's something unique to people made in God's image. So when we stop, we're living into that. When we don't, we're kind of distancing ourselves from the image of God. When we just barrel ahead, we become more animal-like and less human. But when we pause to reflect, we lean in to the image of God and become more like God. What does it look like to pause and reflect? That's part of Sabbath. What else did God do on Sabbath, right? He paused and he reflected. Here's another description of Sabbath from Exodus chapter 31. It says, In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. I love that. On the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. So Sabbath rest is not only for reflection, but it's also for refreshment. What does refreshment look like for you? What does it look like to rest and be refreshed? I love the word that's actually used here in Exodus 31. The Hebrew word literally means to take a deep breath. That's what it means to be refreshed, right? So so think of this. Here's the image uh, that, that is being painted here. Throughout creation, God created how? By speaking, Right? And, and so uh, God is speaking, let there be light, let there be sky, let there be land, so on and so forth, speaking and speaking and speaking. And then on the seventh day, finally, God takes a deep breath, right? He's been speaking, exhaling over and over again. And then on the seventh day, he takes a deep 
breath. That's the image. He rested and was refreshed. What does it look like for you to be refreshed, to take a deep breath? After a week of pouring yourself out, what does it look like to be filled up? After a week of constant exhale, what does it look like to take that deep inhale? Now, this is going to look different for different people. Rest is not always the same across the board. I've heard it said, the one who works with their hands rests with their head. But the one who works with their head rests with their hands. That's just one way of putting it. So to think about this, does your work involve a lot of physical labor? You're pretty active. If so, then maybe resting looks like sitting down in a nice, comfortable chair, reading a good book, something like that, right? Letting your body rest and your mind explore. But for others, maybe your work looks like sitting at a computer for hours on end, thinking, responding to things, typing stuff, sorting things out, answering emails, whatever that might be. And if that's you, well, then maybe resting looks like getting up, going for a walk, right? Letting your mind rest and your body explore. Rest is going to look different for different people, right? Does your work involve being around a lot of people? If so, maybe rest looks like some quiet alone time. But if your work is pretty solitary, well, maybe rest looks like getting together with some good friends, spending time together. Rest is going to look different for different people. What does it look like for you to rest and be refreshed? That's what Sabbath is for. Rooted in the story of creation. Now, I, I want to say something about this idea of rest, because I think for many of us, rest is something that we only get around to once all the work is finished, right? Rest is a reward for having finished our work, but that actually gets things backwards. That actually gets things backwards. Uh, perhaps God rested after he finished the work of creation, but it was the opposite for humans. In scripture, rest is not a reward for finishing work, but rather rest is the foundation from which we begin our work. Right? Uh, let me describe this to you, show this to you. A couple weeks ago, we, we talked about work right? Labor Day weekend, we were talking about work and what that meant. We looked at the creation narrative, and we saw that God created people, and he gave them a task and the dignity of work to care for creation that he had just made. But here's what didn't happen. God didn't create people and then say, all right, you guys get to work, and you can have your Sabbath once you finish tending to the garden. Go at it right? And let me know when you're done. You can take a break. No. 
Rather, look at the creation story. This is what happened. Humanity was created on which day? The sixth day. And so, the seventh day, the first full day of their existence was what? Sabbath. Humanity's first full day was rest. Rest was the beginning place. Not the reward you get to once you've checked everything off the list. It's where we start. And here's the deal. If rest is only a reward for you when you finish, I've got news for you. You're never going to rest because you never finish. Rest was something that God called his people to. It was a gift that God gave his people. Rest is the place we begin. And it's out of that rest that we can work and enter into all the things we have each day. That's why God sets aside Sabbath for his people. Time to rest, to reflect, to be refreshed. A time to acknowledge that God is the creator and we are not. And so this practice of Sabbath is rooted in the rhythm of creation. We rest because God rested. But Sabbath not only points to creation, right? It also points to redemption. So the second time we see the Ten Commandments is in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And, and, and there, Sabbath is described like this. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. As the Lord your God has commanded you, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember, you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So here we have the same basic command. Six days, work. On the seventh day, rest. And it's especially stressed here, this is for everyone, right? This is for everyone, Israelites and foreigners, children and servants, even animals. Rest. They need a break. They need a rest. Everyone rests. And why? What's the reason given? Because you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out. That's why. Sabbath is rooted in creation, but it also points to redemption. Redemption. Now, redemption is one of those words that we really probably only ever hear at church. Uh, it's a very religious word. What, what does this mean? Uh, very simply, redemption means to set free. Redemption is to be set free. Have any of you seen the movie Shawshank? Redemption, right? It's about a guy breaking out of prison 
right? It's about a guy pursuing freedom. So redemption is about God setting his people free. And this is what Sabbath is about. Sabbath is about freedom. Why keep the Sabbath? Because you used to be slaves. But now, because of what God has done, you're free. So Sabbath was not only a day about resting from work, but it's a day of of worshiping God. Because of what God has done, a day to turn our attention to the one who has delivered us and set us free. And this is ultimately where the practice of synagogue comes from. On the Sabbath day, the Jewish people would gather together in a synagogue to read scripture and turn their attention to God. Sabbath is a day to worship. It's a day to remember who God is and what God has done. And this was a widespread practice in Jesus' day, and it was one of his habits. Jesus went to Sabbath synagogue. He attended those things. He regularly attended synagogue on the Sabbath, and throughout his ministry, we often see Jesus teaching in synagogue on the Sabbath. Uh, Look at this moment from the Gospel of Luke. This is Luke chapter 4. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. Right? He, he, he did this. This is his sort of thing. He stood up in synagogue to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. It's a very Sabbath thing to do. The eyes of everyone was on him, And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. On Sabbath day, the day of rest, the day of remembering that God has freed us, Jesus gets up and he reads a passage from Isaiah 61 that declares freedom to the captive. And then he concludes by saying, as I have read this scripture to you, it has been fulfilled because I am the one who sets you free. That's what he means when he says that. I'm the one who has come to set you free. You see, Jesus is the true Sabbath. Jesus is the true Sabbath. Sabbath rooted in redemption is a day to remember the freedom that God has given. And Jesus is the one who ultimately brings this freedom. Jesus is the one in whom this freedom is fulfilled. So I I want you to hear this. Sabbath is a day to receive rest, and refreshment, but even more than that, 
It's a day to remember that in Christ, we're free. In Christ, we are free. It's a day to set our attention on him and remind ourselves that he loves us and we are his. It's a day to look toward him and to be free in him. You see, our work is not only exhausting. Our work is enslaving. We're enslaved to our work. It gives us identity, tells us who we are, right? Someone asks you, who are you? Probably one of the top answers is what you do for many people, right? We are enslaved to our work. It's hard to be free from it. And so Sabbath is a day where we don't only need rest, we need freedom, We need to remember that we are free. So Sabbath is this continual reminder that in Christ, we're free. And this freedom actually also informs the way that we rest. How we go about resting. A question to ask is this. Does this rest root me in the freedom of Christ? Does this rest root me in the freedom of Christ? There's a great book uh, I encountered several years ago called Ordering Your Private World by Gordon MacDonald. And it has a chapter in it with this title, Rest Beyond Leisure. Rest Beyond Leisure. And it offers a really helpful distinction between leisure and true rest. Now, sometimes these things go together. Sometimes these things go together. Leisure time can be restful, but it's not necessarily restful. So, so here's, here's what I mean. It's possible to participate in leisurely activities, fun things, but at the end of it, to not feel any more rested, and certainly not more rooted in the freedom of Christ. Sometimes leisurely activities is just trading out one master, work, for another master, whatever that activity is. And we're no more free than we were before. Binge-watching Netflix, scrolling through social media, gorging ourselves on comfort foods. You can provide some more, I'm sure. Right? These are wonderful leisurely activities. Really fun. And to a certain extent, might be restful. But all too often, Things like this become a form of slavery. And as we enter more into those, we're more and more enslaved. So we need to come back to this question. Does this rest root me in the freedom of Christ? Sabbath is meant to be a reminder that in Christ, We are free. 
in Christ, we are free. So what are some restful things that can help root you in Christ? What are some of those things? And I want, I want you to hear something that might seem counterintuitive. Sometimes rest, true rest, takes some effort. Sometimes true rest takes some effort. But with that effort, we find that it's much more restful and fulfilling than lazy leisure. Remember, the Israelites on the sixth day had to collect two days of food so on the seventh they could rest. Rest takes some effort. So, so what does that look like? What are some creative ways that we can rest, that we can pray, right? I, I love our art wall that we've watched grow over the summer and that we spent some time reflecting on last week. I think that's a great example of what rest might look like for many of us that might help root us in Christ. Simple creativity. It's a form of play. It's a way of remembering who we are. But it takes some effort to get out art supplies. It takes some effort to set aside that time. But it's so restful. It's so good for our soul. And I'm, I, I want you to hear this. I am absolutely preaching to myself right now. I would love nothing more on most days than to plop down on the couch and turn on some kind of show and just veg out. That would be great but not good for my soul. It takes a little more effort than that to maybe sit down at my piano or, or get out a guitar and engage in some creative activity. But that's so much better for my soul. What does it look like for you to not just veg out, but really rest? in a way that's rooting and centering in the middle of your life. It might take some effort, but it's good. It's so good. So Sabbath, rooted in redemption, is a reminder that we're free people in Christ. We're free in him. So in these pictures of Sabbath that we've looked at, we, we see... Sabbath is rooted in creation. It points us to this truth of redemption. It's a reminder that God created and that God redeems. And all of this comes together at the cross. All of this comes together at the cross. Sabbath pointed back to the original acts of creation and redemption, but on good Friday, the sixth day, we see Jesus on the cross undergoing the work of new creation and eternal redemption. The cross is where Jesus takes on sin, which has ravaged his creation and enslaved his people. And on the cross, Jesus sets his people free and begins to make all things new.
again. I want you to see this. At the end of creation, Genesis says that on the seventh day, God finished the work he'd been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. At the end of his time on the cross, John tells us that Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. When God finished his work, on the seventh day, he rested. When Jesus finished his work, he too rested. After Good Friday comes Saturday, the seventh day, the day of rest. And this is the true meaning of Sabbath for us. To enter into Sabbath rest is to confess, in Jesus, it is finished. In Jesus, it is finished. When Jesus finished his work on the cross, he rested in the tomb. And all creation waited for the good news of resurrection that was to come. So as we close and move toward the table, I want to share a song with you. It's a song that points us to this truth, that Jesus has finished his work, and it's his invitation into rest. It's by one of my favorite songwriters named Andrew Peterson. It's a song called God Rested. Let's watch. So they took his body down The man who said he was the resurrection and the life Was lifeless on the ground now The sky was red as blood along the blade of night As the Sabbath fell shrouded him in linen They dressed him like a wound The rich men and the women They laid him in the tomb Six days shall you labor the seventh is the Lord's And six he made the earth and all the heavens But he rested on the seventh God rested He said that it was finished And the seventh day he blessed it God rested
Done and all creation. Made. 